1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety, the podcast formerly known as The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Like The Big Ticket, I'll be sitting down with today's biggest stars to talk film, TV, music, pop culture, and the day's latest news. But with Just for Variety, I'll also be bringing you more from inside the pages of the magazine. From my column, Just for Variety, to cover stories, items in the new Hourtown Town section, and more, we'll talk about the week's buzziest stories. My first guest for Just for Variety is Selma Hayek. The 54-year-old actor plays a drug addict opposite Owen Wilson and writer-director Mike Cahill's new trippy indie, Bliss. She's also going to be seen in Marvel's upcoming Eternals as the leader of a super-powered race of immortal aliens secretly living on Earth. Hayek opens up what it feels like to be a short, middle-aged Mexican woman playing a superhero then later in the show, more Marvel. I talked to Kat Dennings about reprising her role as Darcy Lewis in the new Disney Plus series, WandaVision, after first playing the role in Thor and Thor The Dark World. But will Dennings also be popping up in the next Thor movie? Find out what she has to say on today's Just For Variety. I'll be right back with Selma Hayek after this short break. Welcome back to Just for Variety, I'm Mark Malkin. Selma Hayek plays Isabel, a drug addict opposite Owen Wilson in Mike Cahill's new trippy indie, Bliss. It's not an easy movie to define, so I'll let Hayek do that for us. She also opens up about her upcoming role as Ajax in the much-anticipated Marvel movie, Eternals, directed by Nomadland Helmer, Chloe Zhao. And of course, I couldn't not ask Hayek to weigh in on the presidential election. Bliss. Can you explain it to people beforehand, what it's about?
4: Yes, but you have a choice because the audience uh, kind of this can decide what to, which movie to see. There's two versions of it, but it doesn't matter what you see, don't worry. It's not an abstract film, beginning, middle, end. It works both ways. And they can choose to see a movie that it's about two people struggling with addiction and using using substance to escape a reality. Or they can choose to see a sci-fi movie um, that talks about a bliss world where I play a scientist that creates an ugly world so that some of us can go into this simulation and experience this world so we can appreciate the bliss world because by now everybody takes it for granted and they're used to it.
1: So, how did you get a hold of this script? The script comes to you, you read it, were you told what it was about, or did they say, you know what, read the script first and go from there?
4: No, I was a fan of Mike of, of Mike's work. And I got a call from my agent who said, Michael, has a film and he wants you for the lead. And I go, I love him. They said, this director that did this in the movie. I said, I I know who he is. Are you kidding me? And uh, he wants to talk to you. I got on the phone with him and he had Mexican passion. I know he's not Mexican, but he was so passionate. Have you talked to him about the film yet? Not yet. Not yet. Mexican passion, and he started going on and on and on about all these geeky things. I didn't understand the half of them. Uh, he was very technical and very fast, mm. but he, I he definitely had a very clear vision of an original movie where I played two characters that were completely opposite to each other. And within all the geeky talk, there was a very specific human explorations that grounded the film, not to be just like some crazy sci-fi. We're not out there to try to save the world. Or, and I thought I was so low, Lucky to, to find something so original. And by the way, where my age and my ethnicity and my looks had not he saw me from the beginning. I still don't understand why I, I do, I kind of do now. But um I said, Yeah, let's let's do it. Send me the script. He's like, but wait, yes, let. let you want to read the script? I said, no, let's just do it. But I'll read the script, of course. And then we'll meet and we'll talk about it some more when I understand it in context. Mm. And that's how it happened. Very easy.
1: What did you learn about yourself playing Isabel? Like you said, you're playing two almost two different characters. So what did you learn about yourself?
4: A lot of really useful things for the times we're living. The first one was that he gave us the the choice to decide as an actor, what film you're doing. And I decided to play an addict. And it was not even one week into the movie where I went, no, 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 this is real. Like the character took over me because the actress was playing an, an addict that thought this was the reality. And then she was gonna have her moments of insecurity and not even like maybe three days, I went like, no, no, this is real. And all these, some of the technical stuff that Mike would bah, 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 that I didn't understand became super clear to me. And I got into it and I got into it. So I completely, from something that I didn't believe in, I completely changed because I, I was always interested in quantum physics, but the are we living into a simulation? Was not something that attracted me as much. And uh, why does this help me? We come out, corona hit, the world goes crazy. now people, and I'm sure you have some that you thought you knew, start giving you theories about what's happening that have no logic whatsoever in your brain. Like you think they're in drugs, in a cult, like, you go to the dinners and you're like, what? And before maybe I would have been judgmental. Now I, I I'm not. And it's become really helpful because we are living without going into another dimension in so many different realities. And and they are like, like with uh religions, that's what is real for who you're talking to. And so I'm very open, I listen, I don't judge, and I understand. So it gives me a little bit less of anxiety. There's never been a time in history where we wonder, well, what's the truth? Even when we watch the news, Mm -hmm. what is the truth? And it's depending who you're talking to. Another thing that was really helpful is The subject of appreciation. You know, I finished the movie, we go into confinement and everything has a different value. Every, the the dinners with your friends, you know, even getting dressed to do the interview, even doing a hundred interviews. I get to talk to people. (laughs) I get to see different people, you know, everything has a different appreciation.
1: How much did you know about addiction to play the addict and how much did you feel like you needed to know?
4: oh i have some i've lo- i've lost some close friends to addiction but i still did my research with mike also so that we were we researched both things and uh we created by the way a whole background for her that it's not in the movie that even if it was the ugly world, it was her background in the ugly world, in the simulation, so it would work both ways. And I, I, I mean, I, I came from a family where I was the first one to go to college. This is not in the movie, it's not going to help you. And then I messed up. Okay. And so, um, no, we, we, were, we worked, we worked, we worked hard, and I love it. He's, he's gave me a lot of time. We really spent a lot of time together, a lot of time on the phone. He came to London to see me. I saw him in LA, and then Owen comes along. Completely different when approaching things. Very relaxed. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. We get him to come to rehearse in my house, and he arrives, you know, hello. Do you have any food? I didn't eat. I'm hungry. Oh, I'll make you something. I start cooking. Meanwhile, Mike and I are talking, 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 talking. And he's like, Mmm, uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mmm, he's watching me. And he goes, Oh, I see how you're gonna do this part so great. I see the madness running around cooking. And then when he finished eating the sack on serving, let's say, okay, let's do the the, the scenes. Let's, let's rehearse this scene. And he goes, "Nah, I got it. I, I'm going to go now. And it's like, no, but we haven't rehearsed. No, no, I'm good. I got it. I don't like to overdo it. He left.
1: How unsettling is that?
4: It was unsettling until he got on the set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. We really had a lot of fun together.
1: So what did you make him for lunch that day? What did you whip up? Chiles rellenos. <sighs> My favorite.
4: Because, by the way, he said, can you make me Mexican food? And do you have some hot... He lo- He's a foodie. We're we- we connecting that too. You know, he was in-, in... At lunchtime, he would take his bike and research the unknown hidden restaurant or taco place. Or I love him. He likes the food.
1: So I have to ask, because my mother-in-law, my favorite dish she makes is chili rellenos. So do you do cheese, chicken?
4: How do you do it? Well, sometimes I make them with this kind of picadillo, this kind of ground beef with the sauce. Uh, when I do it with, um, with the cheese, you put some peppers, you know, las rajas. You do it with cheese and rajas. And one tip, you can put also some um, corn, little pieces of corn in it, and it's really good, but I really don't remember which one I made in that time.
1: I'm hungry now.
4: (laughs) I had some tamales or something that somebody brought me, and I kept weeping things out. By the way, I remember it was with cheese because Mike is vegetarian, and he had some too.
1: Wow, you're a perfect host. I was was
4: looking, they were eating.
1: (laughs) Um, Of course, I've got to ask you about Eternals because you want to tell me everything. And you have to tell me everything because you can't.
4: I'll tell you everything you want to know.
1: Okay. We know you play Ajax. What did you know about this character? What did you know about Eternals before the movie?
4: Nothing. Nothing. I didn't
1: know anything about it. Really? So how do you end up preparing? Did you read every comic
4: book? I'm very lucky. I have a Mexican friend, and she's a female, she's a girl, who's the biggest marble gig that you can imagine. Oh, wow. My problem was, I swore secrecy. Because you know, I was one of the first people that they um, hired, but I had to keep it in a secret for, for a long, long time. So um, when I had the call, I said to them, I confess, eventually I will know everything that there is to know. But I don't know, what are the terms? Do they exist in comics? I don't know who's Ajax. And and then they explain everything to me. They explain me the script. They didn't give me the script. I had to sign the contract without reading the script. What? they wouldn't let me see the script until I signed. So it was that was very unsettling. Yeah.
1: What happens if you didn't like the script? Yeah. Did you have an out? No. That's insane. No. Yes. I mean, listen, we know Mar- Marvel does it whenever they've ever failed, so you knew it was gonna be a good script, right?
4: I was scared. I was scared. We are, there's a lot of us also, like, in a movie, it's like, what do you, But it doesn't matter because I'm gonna tell you what I didn't care, why I didn't care. Love the director, love the director. She's brilliant beyond your, I mean, she is. To me, I wasn't even doing a Marvel, my agents were like a Marvel franchise. I'm like, oh my God, I'm working with Chloe, And so I was like starstruck when she was talking to me on on a Zoom, by the way. And uh, that was very exciting. And then I like it that I played, uh, she is kind of the leader. Mm -hmm. She's the only one that can talk to the celestials. And I said, I'll get to be bossy on this one too. I can play that. (laughs) Giving instructions, telling people what, I can do that, you know? Um, And then I was afraid of the outfit. Know, can you move in them? I'm claustrophobic It's not because of the outfit itself. Mm-hmm. I'm claustrophobic. Okay. So I was very afraid that I was going to feel like I, I couldn't move. And uh, I love the cast. I love it. Is amazing. It's amazing. It has a completely different DNA from the... It's shot different than all the other ones. Did you know that? No.
1: How's it shot?
4: It's It's in real locations and they found some crazy extraterrestrial looking locations. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about what they do with the camera, but it's really camera. It's not like mostly done in post. The cinematography is incredible in it, incredible.
1: What was it like seeing yourself as Ajax for the first time when you looked in the mirror?
4: It was empowering. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was empowering. It You know, it really moved me. It was weird because I said, "You, I'm Mexican, I, they told me, it's never gonna happen for you here. And I am representing, you know, so it's not because I'm putting an outfit that I like, It's because we get the right to be superheroes today. I'm also 54. So there was something really moving, not just for me, but for everything, all the different stereotypes. She's not sexy. You know what I'm saying? She's not the sex at all. Um, I'm very short. I've been bullied for being short my entire life. And all of the sudden, suddenly it doesn't matter. You're a super Marvel, you know, superhero in a Marvel universe, and
1: uh, it moved me. It moved me. It's an important step. It's you know, there are going to be you know, brown little boys and girls who are going to look up at that screen and say, "I could
4: be a superhero." And short, middle-aged women <laughs> of every color. <laughs> It's even a larger category. (laughs) It's But it's true. Love what you want. (laughs) You know? Short, middle-aged mothers where they suck against everything you say to your children. It's okay. It doesn't matter because I'm a superhero. Why not? No, it's extraordinary. It's also like this year I have this movie, Didn't Matter or any of my things we talked about. Then this one, then I also have the Hitman's Bodyguard, where in the first one, I had four scenes, and now I'm the lead, I'm the action You're lead. the title,
1: you're the title.
4: With, but it's like same, like equaler, for the first time I really, uh, with Sam Jackson and Ryan. I mean, not bad for no lady. First of all, you're not old because- Wait a minute, I still did my stunts. I still did my stunts in both of them. What was the craziest stunt you did? Oh my God, we had some more. You have to bear with me because remember we shot this like a year ago. Um, I do some cool stuff with the wires and things in uh, Eternals. And, uh, oh, I have a great fight in Hitman's Bodyguard. No cables, not just like good old. I take out like, I don't know, four or five guys and it's just like combat. You know, it's just like street fighting. It's a kind of like a long one, yeah.
1: Before we go, I have to get your thoughts. Trump is no longer in the White House. How are you feeling?
4: I feel relief and not relief, not relief and not relief. I, I didn't think he would have made a great president, but when he won, I caught myself thinking, They'll see the and then I said, stop right there. He's the president of the United States and for the good of everybody in the United States, I will give the benefit of the doubt, but for real, and respect this man and really wish, I have to wish that he does a good job because I caught myself being cynical, but I don't think he did a good job because he lied a lot. He lied a lot, he lied a lot, and he got away with a lot. And the corona situation, it's really bad. So I did give the benefit of of the doubt. I'm sorry, when the president of the United States, when people are dying says, drink the disinfectant to cure yourself, to me, I said, this is not something that anybody can justify in any way. The fact that he says things that he doesn't fact check before he says them. And that's for me a lack of respect in many ways. And so I don't think he did a good job and therefore I am glad that he's no longer our president. But I don't feel relieved I lied I have, I I am worried because I don't like our country to be uh, separated. And this is why it's important to find the breaches and not to judge and respect, you know, but at the same time, demand respect. So it's a very complicated situation. And it gives me anguish because I don't wanna win. Nobody wins if we don't somehow work together. It's that to me, that's not a win. The win is that we we have to work together. And this gives me anguish.
1: So I wish we could keep talking, but I'm I have to wrap. But thank you. It's good seeing you. you on my computer. Um, and hopefully the next time we see each other, it's in person.
4: Do you know when was the last time I saw somebody with a bow tie? I mean, I think the Oscars last year. Do you know how refreshing it is for me? Thank you so much.
1: Now I'm going to take a short break, but when I return, I'm chatting with Kat Dennings about her latest Marvel project, reprising her role as Darcy Lewis on WandaVision. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Kat Dennings shot to fame in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist in 2008, followed by six seasons co-starring on Two Broke Girls on CBS. In 2011, she made her debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Thor as Jane Foster's assistant, Darcy Lewis. Two years later, she returned in Thor The Dark World. Now, the 34-year-old actor is back, but not with Jane Foster. Instead, she's Dr. Darcy Lewis on Disney Plus's WandaVision. Before we proceed, I do want to warn you that there were some WandaVision spoilers that came up during our chat. Here's Kat Dennings. Hi, Kat Dennings. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm good. I have a pajama bottoms on. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you.
1: That is amazing.
0: But this is for you.
1: <laughs> Party up top. Wait, what is it? Party up. Wait.
0: Oh, I call this. I have a word for this. I call it the Zoom mullet. Oh. <laughs> like formal on top, pajamas on the bottom. On the bottom. Yeah.
1: You know, I I've, I've done a couple of interviews with pajamas on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And one of them was with Nicole Kidman. And in the middle of the in- and Hugh Grant, and in the middle of the interview they started asking me about the photos behind me. So oh, I no. I get up to show it to them. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm wearing pajamas. Oh my god, I'm wearing pajamas."
0: <laughs> that is so amazing. Oh god, I would I could spend half of this talking to you about the undoing, but I will not.
1: So, WandaVision, thank you so much for um, joining the series. And we get some sort of explanation of what's going on. We're still confused. Right. Um, and I know you can't say anything past your introductory um, episode. Um, but what did they call it? Like, how did it happen? Did you know the series was happening? Did you know that you were even being considered or Darcy was being even part of the series
0: no i mean you know there i mean once you're in the marvel universe you're kind of there even if they kill you you're still there you know so uh a lot of time had gone by between the first two thor movies and i didn't know whether or not they'd ever bring darcy back um and i never assumed that they would so when i got this call especially for this because darcy you know as the viewers probably are thinking and up until the episode that came out today, um, Darcy has nothing to do with Wanda or Vision or the Avengers other than Thor. So it's kind of like, what, what is she doing here? And that was my question. But of course, the initial phone call comes in. It's a secret phone call. You sign an NDA before you get the phone call. You get the phone call. They're like, how do you feel about this? And I'm like, yeah. What do you think I'm gonna say no at all ever to Marvel for anything? Um, You get that call, you say yes, and then you're in for a wild ride. You don't even know what's happening. I didn't know what was happening. I still don't really know what's happening to be honest.
1: Do you have to call like this secret phone number? Is it like a bat phone? Well, it wouldn't be a bad well, phone, it would be an Avengers phone, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a little it's a little the, the dial is a like Captain America Shield. Um No, but I don't know. It could be a burner phone for all I know. Kevin Feige in like a phone booth that it explodes after he leaves it.
1: Here's the thing about NDAs, like they can't trust you.
0: No, they can't. <laughs> And they can trust me because I'm trustworthy and I know how to keep secrets, but a lot of people don't. Right. Unless they're being threatened with like a huge lawsuit. That'll get them to not talk.
1: So now do they, when they talk to you about it, do they tell you the whole storyline or do they just tell you bits and pieces enough that you need to know?
0: Well, my first meeting with Jack Schaefer, the writer and Matt, the director, was at The Marvel offices. So I never even been to this, the new Marvel offices. I'd been to the old ones forever ago. So it's really intense and incredible. If you're a fan of Marvel, like you're gonna, your brain would explode. But you sign an NDA when you get to the lobby. So intense. So intense. Um, And then once you do that, you sit and they bring you a little badge and then you go into the room and I understood why I had to sign the NDA before this meeting. So they did lay out the concept for me. The walls were just covered with the comic book pages with references and I was just, it was so from a person who thinks comic books are like the end all be all, you know, it was just like unreal. It was, they took this very serious, uh, they always do, but this specifically, they wanted to get this just right because it's so different from anything Marvel's ever done. And so everything has been meticulously planned. And yeah, they laid out the sketch of it and what I would be doing. But to be honest, like I still don't really know what happens. Um, I know what happens, but I don't know really everything. So I'm watching along with the audience.
1: Like, do you, do you I guess the question is, do you under? like, you know, we're watching it. I watched the first three episodes, I'm like, Nowhere in my brain can I figure out where this is going. Like, how are they in a sitcom? And then the sitcoms are getting older, you know, uh, newer sitcoms and decades. Yeah. And yeah. are they aware they're in a sitcom? Because that got confusing. And then Darcy comes along and says, okay, they're in sitcom. But it's like, why and how? And then, again, right, right. we're talking about the fourth episode. We're not giving any spoilers. Wanda knows apparently or does she i don't know
0: right that's the point
1: mark <laughs> okay so do you do you know now that how it ends like exactly motivations of people and everything i do mm-hmm.
0: but who knows you know <laughs> here's the problem when you when you talk to anyone in the marvel project you know you're not gonna get much but I will say that I am looking forward to this as much as everybody else. And even though I kind of know what's going on, while we were shooting, I was like, how are they gonna do this? Like, this is a huge undertaking. This is a massive idea. It's broad. It's even broader than usual. Um, And it's also very technical. So like what I can tell you is, for instance, the first episode in the sitcom that's in black and white, they did all practical effects like they would have done when they were really shooting those. So like those plates flying and the thing, those are practical, those are on wires. Um, They did that like accurately to the period. So that's really interesting, but they did. And I saw, I actually got to tour those sets, which was unreal, such an amazing experience. Everything was beautiful, like every detail was planned. But the colors were planned for black and white, which is even more interesting, because it's not something we ever think about now. Um, But I think Wanda's outfits were all red, like, even though you can't see it, like, they're just these little things they sprinkled in.
1: Wow. So, now, again, I don't know what happens in the episodes following, so, but I'm going to ask you this, so I don't know how you're going to answer it. Maybe you can answer it. Are you upset that you're not in the sitcom world?
0: Um, I know, but who knows what happens. So there, Darcy, in the episode that comes out today, we find out why Darcy's there and what Darcy's been doing, right? So Darcy is the one to kind of figure out because of her specialty that she's now an astrophysicist. So, um, she figures out that the signal they're receiving is TV is a TV signal. So it only adds to the mystery and how this is happening and what this is. And do the people even know what's going on? What is it? What, are they there? Like what's going on? So, you know, she's instrumental in kind of helping to start to figure out the mystery, but it's still a mystery to the end.
1: Yeah, because it's, I think it's um, Wu who says, the universe created a sitcom starring two of the Avengers
0: right? That's what we think. That's what it looks like at the time. Because we don't know what created it and what it is. Maybe it is a sitcom. Maybe it is just a sitcom.
1: No, it can't just be a sitcom. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Uh- <laughs> is it syndicated? That's the real question.
1: <laughs> How much fun is it to be on the set? I mean, it's just like you said, everything's so detailed. Do you, are, is it so immersive, the yeah. sets? The
0: thing also for, for anybody in the industry and not, like, you know that usually your budget isn't this kind of a thing, not to say what it is, but it's pretty publicly known how, that these are big budgets. So they're, they're able to create everything, you know? And it that's so rare as an actor because usually you're imagining all of it, which is fun. It's also really fun to do but in this case, you kind of don't have to, it's there. So it's, un- it's just an unbelievable experience. I remember the first Thor movie, I had come from the world of like $10 indie movies, you know, so I, I couldn't believe what was going on. Um, they had this town built um, in the desert in Santa Fe, a whole town, everything was there. And we would start, there'd be like a, sh- a long shot in the back and, and, and we would round the corner and come towards the camera down the street. And the AD, which is the assistant director who says action and cut and whatever through a microphone, if you're that far away, usually you hear him screaming from like 100 feet away, action! But this time his voice came through a speaker inside a newspaper box next to us on the street, it was like magic. I was like, what the, oh my God, where is he? Like, you know those metal newspaper boxes right, in New York? Yeah. He had a little thing in it and his voice just, he was just like calmly saying action. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Just so magical.
1: They didn't tell you beforehand, by the way, you're gonna hear a voice from the, no. mag- from the newspaper box? No. That's really funny.
0: Yeah, just unreal.
1: How spoiled do you get then where you, when you're part of such a huge production and no expenses spared, um, you have to get pretty spoiled, I would assume.
4: You
0: cannot get used to it. Don't ever get used to it. You'll never see that size of a trailer ever again. That's what I tell myself. The trailers even are, I, I didn't know they made nice trailers. I don't know. They do, but they do such a nice job for us. They take good care of us and they want us to be happy and they want everyone to be happy and do their best. And it's, that's, how it's possible, I mean, everyone feels good and taken care of and ready to go. So I love working for Marvel.
1: So you love working for Marvel, I'm gonna ask, are you in the next Thor movie?
0: Still don't know, I don't think so. I'm gonna assume no. I know every, I I. I, I feel like I would know by now they're shooting it, so I don't think so.
1: <laughs> Do you know though?
0: I don't know, I promise. Girl, down honor.
1: No, 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 I believe that you don't know. Right. But I don't think that definitely means that it won't happen.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like someone would have alluded to it. I don't know. But anything Marvel ever wants for me, I am always available for them. No matter well, what. Well
1: you it could is. I mean maybe it'll take out takes from Wandavision.
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: Um, what was your favorite day on set on WandaVision?
0: Oh man. Oh, it's a spoiler. So it's something that happens later. (laughs) Um, And it was probably one of the greatest filming days of my life. I was so happy, um, but I can't say what
1: it is. Listen, I know you guys, you can't say, uh, and also, I know there's always like, well, I wouldn't want to say anyway. I wouldn't want to spoil it. But you do right, want right. to talk about it, Of don't course, you? I want to
0: tell. I want to talk to you about all of it. Oh, okay. I'll I'll say my favorite part of episode four. How about this? Because that's fun. So there, the, we pull up in a truck. This is my in, my first scene, and this was a dawn shot, and we only we it was a oneer. And for anyone who doesn't know, a oneer means you got one shot at getting this because the sun is coming up. And so one shot, one kill, as they say. So I get out of this truck and you can see the beautiful morning sky and then a crane comes, rises up and you can see like the sun peeking up. That took a lot of planning. Um, We only had really one shot to get it right. One side from the back, one side from the front. So no pressure, (laughs) Um, don't mess it up (laughs) because we have one shot. So everything was meticulously planned and it felt so good to get that shot right. You know, like it's such a dance between you and the camera operator and and everybody moving around you and it worked out. So that shot's really beautiful. That was really fun. I like that kind of a challenge.
1: Let's talk about gender roles in WandaVision. Yeah. Because really, um, and I didn't even think about this, like, you know, I spoke to Paul and he was talking about, you know, when they get to bewitched, all of a sudden it's this man who feels ashamed of his wife's power and mm. how powerful she is. And he's sort of trying to, like, temper the power. And I didn't even think about bewitched in this power know. dynamic.
0: Paul is so deep.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then... There's the one little line which says so much when you get to um what's the technical word? The field office, that big Yeah. You know.
0: You can call it that.
1: And they say, Ms. Lewis, come here, and you're like, it's Dr. Lewis. That's right. That tiny little bit says so much, don't you think?
0: I do. That was that felt really satisfying if I'm being honest, because um You know, it it was really fun for me. I actually just texted Jack Schaefer, the writer, but right before this to thank her for writing this role for me, because um, it is a previously established role, but they made Darcy a whole new character with so much depth and like, you know, Darcy's really fun and really, you know, overwhelmed by everything in the first two Thor movies. And she's Jane Foster's intern. And the whole joke was that she's a political science intern, not... A, it was kind of a mix-up she's like why am I here um but so you can kind of fill the story in being like she loves Jane obviously and that she kind of got so interested in this whole world that she became you know she, obviously she's been in school this whole time um but so it was kind of satisfying for me to move and anyone I guess who likes Darcy from those movies would be to see her moving from someone who was really not taking this that seriously and kind of like what what's going on so now she's like the boss, right? you know, like I'm not Darcy Lewis. I'm Dr. Darcy Lewis now, you know? So it just kind of felt good for me. It's just, you don't get these like long-term full circle moments very much. Um, Really fun, satisfying.
1: But I love also, they kept her very down to earth because I noticed she's eating cup of noodles. Yes. Then she's eating, I think it was, baked potato chips. I think it said baked on the bag.
0: Well, baked is healthier, but yeah.
1: I don't know why I noticed that one detail, but I was sort of like, wait, cup of noodles in the middle well, of all
0: because that? Cuz they they wanted to keep Darcy's like essence of Darcy, you know. She's still she's at heart, she's still that like college girl who eats trash ramen from 7-Eleven like me. Um and I really loved that they put that in there and they even asked again, the marvel spoiling their actors they were like what flavor of cup of noodles do you like best
1: (laughs) they did not
0: i was like Good guess the chicken one if you have it chicken (laughs) so sweet it's not chicken spoiler alert um so they you know that was fun and then the the baked potato chips was they were like what kind of chips do you think darcy would eat i was like well she's an adult now so maybe the baked ones I love those little things. I'm so happy you noticed
1: that. I mean, the the attention to detail.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know what? I'm even thinking about it more. Okay. Okay. Just hit me. When I was watching it and I looked at the bag and what I first saw, I thought they were uh, Frito-Lay's. The hmm. And I was like, "Oh my god, she eats Frito- like who eats? <laughs> I literally said that in my head. I was like, and I could smell it because you know that smell." Of course. And I was like, she "Eats potato. And then I was taking. I wanted to make sure because I was like, "I need to ask you about the bag." And I looked. I was like, "Oh no, they're baked potato chips. That's a whole different little snack."
0: Exactly. She's she's a scientist. She knows oil's not great. Um, you know, she's just, but she also needs to live her life. I've. It's funny. I really love those, and I'm not sponsored by Baked Blaze. Although sponsor me, Baked Blaze, I'll take it.
1: I was just um, gonna
4: say.
0: <laughs> sponsor me chips. Um, I a, did not use the spit bucket. I was like, I don't need it. Thank you. <laughs> this is my chance.
1: So how many bags did you go through and how many?
0: Nah, nah just like a oh, bag at the most. Right. Randall and I were chomping on those a little bit between, cause they're so good.
1: What is the worst audition you ever went on?
0: Oh my God. Okay. There's so many. Um, I, I'll say this, it's not the worst, but it's the craziest and most memorable. Um, I don't know him personally, so I won't, I'm trying to figure out the aftermath of me telling this story and whether it's worth it. Um, okay. I just won't say names. So there was a a film um, very dramatic film that did come out and was nominated for a bajillion Oscars and was amazing. Um, and that's all I'll say about who it and what it was, but, but the scene I was reading, this was like the final edition. I did not get it. (laughs) Um, the final edition where I was reading with the actor and the scene was, uh, being physically restrained by that actor. So um the dialogue all had to do with me trying to get free from this guy um and of course this is a lot you know like I'm pretty young at that point I'm not nervous but I know this is a big deal and I was I love the role and whatever I'm super excited to be reading with this famous actor and this hugely famous director that I really respect and he's there and I'm like oh my god this is a big deal I have everything memorized and I'm like ready to get into like the physicality of the scene so I realized pretty quick that that actor is not going to touch me. Um, he's not gonna to touch me. He's also not going to be near me. Um, he was at the other end of the room, which seemed to be his choice, which I was like, um, so I'm gonna be miming this, or I guess I'm gonna be miming it. So a scene where I am asking to be let go of and physically wriggling out of this man's grip was became a miming session uh because the actor and you know what I understand I respect that he made that decision um but at the time it was not great because I was like I'm I look like an absolute moron. I'm not getting this. Um But I enjoyed it. It was just not what I anticipated. And I'm sure whatever this tape exists, if it exists somewhere, is just me like holding my own body back and like, no, let go of me, all by myself in a a white room.
1: I mean, since you're praising the actor for you understand why he did that, you could tell me who it is.
0: I feel like I can't because he's one of my favorite actors of all time.
1: But he didn't Um, do a bad thing.
0: He didn't do a bad thing. All right. It was Nicolas Cage.
1: <laughs> what movie?
0: That I won't say. Because I don't want I don't want this to seem like it was a life ruining. It was a great in fact, you asked for the worst, but it's one of the best memories because it it was such a huge curveball and such a massive learning experience. And we ended up having such a nice conversation afterwards. Um mm-hmm. And it's like one of my most cherished audition stories. Yeah, I, I actually am really grateful for that experience just because I wanted to be in a room with Nicolas Cage. It probably will never happen again. Um, but what's nice is that he was so respectful. And I think that might have been where it was coming from. Like, I'm a young girl.
1: That's, that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so he didn't want to like physically like touch me and make me uncomfortable. So I, I appreciate it. I really do. And yeah,
1: I think that makes sense. I
0: always like that.
1: Literally, when you said it, like when you first started to say it, I was like, okay, the actor might be weird. But then as you said it, I was like, oh, this makes sense. He doesn't know you well. You don't know if you're going to get the part. Right. So why, that could create some really awkwardness.
0: I think he was respecting me and giving me my space, which I appreciate. It was just the scene was being held back by him. So the tape's got to be somewhere. I hope it never comes out.
1: Oh, we got to find the tape. We got to find that tape.
0: Just me like wrapping my arms around myself, flailing around the room. Um, I do appreciate the experience though.
1: Kat, you're amazing. It's so you're good amazing. seeing you. Congratulations. Thank you. WandaVision is so much fun. Um, I can't wait to see what happens in the, because literally I was so confused. Still confused. That's what we want. But a good confused, like it's a good confuse <laughs> that when you're confused about something and you're like, I'm confused and I don't really care. That's bad. Here, like, I want to know where they're going.
0: Yeah, but it's a mystery, and how often do we get a mystery that we have to wait for? And I really like how Disney Plus is releasing these weekly because we don't get that experience as much anymore now.
1: We really don't.
0: I like this build they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's becoming you know, appointment it's not appointment TV, it's appointment streaming, I guess. Um, And it is, it's It's so rare you get that. And even, you know, obviously I get things in advance to watch. And sometimes I'll say, you know what? I don't want to binge the whole thing because I want to watch it as everyone else is. Yeah. The Undoing, we binged the first five episodes.
0: I binge that in literally same. I watch everything up to the end and then I watched it with everybody
1: else. But this was months before it even. Oh. So we watched it and they would not release the sixth episode to anyone, the press, no one. Right. God. So it was like we kind of forgot about it and then I was like, Oh, I'm not doing it with everyone, and then obviously the sixth episode. But Kat, thank you so much. Thank
0: you so much for having me. This You're is awesome. Really you look great right
1: up top. Your mullet looks thank good. You. Like, mullet, mulletization.
0: My zoom mullet. Yes. Feel so free to use that. It's it's my new <laughs> favorite term.
1: <laughs> so hopefully the next time we see each other, it's in person.
0: That would be wonderful. Stay I contact.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was Cat Dennings. Now, let's go inside the pages of Variety. In this week's Our Town, I talked to Cheech Marin. The legendary funny man is one of the foremost collectors of Chicano art in the United States. His collection is so highly regarded that the city of Riverside, just outside of Los Angeles, recently approved plans for the Cheech Marin Center for Chicano Art, Culture, and Industry of the Riverside Art Museum. How many pieces of Chicano art does Marin own? more than 700 when did you first start collecting
3: uh chicano art. I collect started collecting in the mid 80s about 85 and i started discovering all these chicano but they were already known some right of them were, you know but i i just kind of came into the picture at that point and and i will i was just self-educated in art from a very early age from the time i was like maybe uh, 10, 12, 10 or 11 right in there because of this group of cousins that I had, they were really academics and we assigned each other you know, things to uh, be knowledgeable about uh, knowledgeable about, then bring it back to the group. And I was assigned art. Wow. You, you, you learn out about art, you bring it back to the group. Okay, how do you do that? <laughs> Go to the library, take out all the art books, look through them and, uh, and, and familiar yourselves, familiarize yourself with Western art and that's what I did. And I was intrigued, you know. <laughs> by that. And I kept doing it, and I kept doing it. And uh, I made other collections of other stuff throughout the years. But but when I got to Chicano's, I I was kind of the only guy in it, wow. collected that scale at that time. Consequently, all the masterpieces of Chicano art were, for the most part, readily available to be purchased.
1: Mm. The Cheech is set to open this fall following a $13 million renovation of a former library. Well, that's it for the premiere episode of Just for Variety. Coming up on the next episode, Neil Patrick Harris talking about his new role in HBO's It's a Sin, a limited series about a group of gay men in London during the early days of the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s. Until then, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. Also, let me know what you think of the podcast, what you've read in my column, and what you'd like more of. Until next time, stay safe and be well, and please keep wearing your masks. See you soon.